Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Spirited first uh, 40 minutes of the show coming out of the governor's debate. And we still got a lot to talk about. I'm telling you, I talked to Carlos Correa, talked to Jorge Lopez today. Wanted to figure out what they had to say uh, and did. And... Uh, uh, talked to uh, Rocco Baldelli today. I talked to um, Joe Ryan today. So I'll bring you some of that as well. Vinny Shahid, he could play. Oh, man, this kid could play basketball. Still can. Hopkins High School. And it's kind of interesting because when you have uh, an alumni base like Hopkins, you can throw one heck of a basketball camp because you got like guys that played in the NBA and are playing in the NBA. You know, a, a plethora of people that played. Um, Division One and scholarship basketball at minimum, and and Vinny's one of those. And they've got this camp going on with all these people. And uh, Coach Novak runs it, and Ryan Saunders was in, you know assistant coach in the NBA was in teaching him yesterday. And it, it, it's just an interesting follow to see the number of kids that have showed up to to help teach at this camp. Vinny joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. V, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Tell me what it means to be a Hopkins basketball player that you guys come back like this and, and, and have a camp like this. Uh, you know, it means the world. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we try to do is, you know, there, there's a culture over over at Hopkins. And um, the biggest thing we try to do is just keep the culture alive. And um, any way we can do that, we try to do it. And, and this camp is a big, big opportunity for us to spread our culture and um, kind of just keep that culture alive over at Hopkins. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an honor. It's a blessing to be able to be a part of um, the Hopkins program. Tell me what the kids need to learn the most when they get to your camp. Well, when you see kids, raw skills, they're young, they're, you know, they're coming. What, what, what is the skill that they need the most work in, and, and where do you guys start? Uh, usually we just kind of start with trying to just tell them and, and then try to help them understand that, Two things. Uh, one that that, that they got to be coachable, um, and you know that they'll never be any good or never be able to play any high level basketball if they're not coachable, um, or if they if they don't want to listen to what older guys or coach Novak has to say. And two, we kind of just try to try to get them to understand that basketball is a team game. Um, you know, there's going to be five guys on the court. Usually, when you're going to Hopkins or playing at Hopkins, there's usually going to be five guys on the court. Um, that are willing and, and capable to do the same thing. Now, usually what makes those Hopkins teams really good is when you have five guys on the court and they're all really unselfish. And so um, those have been the two big things that we try to get the young kids to understand at a younger age and um, kind of try to voice it at the, at the camp this week. What's the upside and the downside to playing AAU basketball in the summer? 
Oh, man, you know, right now it's there's really a lot of upside. I mean, um, the upside I see are you get to get seen by college coaches. Uh, you get to see competition all over the United States. Um, you get to travel and experience other different, different, you know, different cities and different um, states in the U.S. Um, yeah, I don't really see too many downsides with AAU basketball. Honestly, I'm very high on AAU basketball. What what should kids look for when they decide what AAU team to play on? Is it you know you hear a lot about like roster size? Make sure there's not more than eight kids on your team, or you're going to end up in a rotation. Or uh, you know, is it equal playing time versus is it a, is it a dad coaching or is it is it someone that has a background? What, what do they need to look out for? Yeah, you know when I when I was picking AAU teams, um, I tried to find you know a program that fit. Um, not only the type of basketball player I was, but the person that I was as well. Um, and so, like for me, when I was looking to, to pick AAU, um, I wanted to just be—I wanted to be on a team that was going to give me an opportunity to play, um, but also give me an opportunity to be myself a little bit and, and show my personality and my character. Um, because a lot of kids don't understand that that those are the things that kind of get you recruited. Um, you know. When a coach comes to see you play, nine times out of ten, they already know you can play. Um, and, and the reason they're coming to watch you is to see some of those other things. And so, um, really, I would just say any 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 team that um, kids can get opportunity on and, and be able to showcase their talent and, um, would be a good fit for any kid. Let's be honest, though, V. You had them lined up at your doorstep. They're recruiting you to play. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, man, you were, you were one that was sought after. Yeah, um, you know, it's crazy. I, I, I was a late bloomer myself, so I always try to tell kids, you know, try not to worry about, you know, the rankings or what's going on when you're young and kind of just try to focus on getting better each and every day. And, um, you know, eventually when you look up, uh, you'll be you'll be surprised with, with what you come up with. Very true, because it's amazing how growth spurts, and not just, you know, people think of it as just size, Vinny, but if you watch these kids closely as they move up, uh, some of them lose their foot speed. You know, they were one of the, we think, well, he was one of the tallest and he's now he's not anymore because he stopped growing. He was six feet. That's part of it. But the other piece to it is some kids get slower as they get older or at least slower relative to the competition. And, and all of a sudden a kid can go right by him. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I just tell kids, you know, don't worry about where you are right now, whether you're ranked the best kid in the state or the worst kid in the state. Just keep working because with, with consistency, um, and work, you know, anything is possible. Now, what Ryan Saunders teach him there, Dad? He was out there as your guest lecturer. Yeah, he was out there, man. I appreciate Ryan a lot. Um, you know, Ryan came out there and he kind of told the guys, um, you know, what it takes to get to the highest level. Um, he tried to kind of get them to understand that, uh, you know, just one hour of practice with your team isn't enough a day. You know, you got to go home and go on yourself and, and do things by yourself and, um, do a lot of extra work in order to get to where you want to be. Um, and that's with everything, you know, that's with school, that's with whatever job you want to pursue, that's with basketball. Um, you know, if there's something that you want to do, um, you know, you, you, just doing doing it one hour or doing it two hours a day isn't going to be enough, you know. you got to be willing to put the, the extra foot and the, the extra work in. And, you know, Ryan did a really good job of also not just telling them that but also showing them, you know, some examples of what they could do at home or, you know, some easy basic drills that, you know, the kids could do on their own. So I really appreciate Ryan. You know, he did a really good job of talking to the kids and participating in our camp on the first day. So 
Ryan did a great job. And you got a first round draft pick, Zeke Nashi, giving some instruction as well, huh? And of course, you know, we've had a couple guys pop in this week. You know, we've had Amir Coffee pop in. We've had Zeke Naji pop in. Uh, you know, Siani Chambers has been with us all week. Ishmael Alameen has been with us all week. And Xavier Johnson, you know, I can go down the list. And hmm. there's been a, That's quite a list. Throw Royce White in as another alumnus taken in the first yeah, round, you know? Yeah, you can, You know, you can, throw, you can throw a lot of names in there. You know what I'm saying? I probably forgot a couple of names, like you said. Um, but, you know... We, we, I think every coach that we've had come in, um, you know, whether they've been in for one hour or all three days, they've done a really great job of working with the kids and getting them to understand, um, you know, the game of basketball a little more. Uh, well, you, when you need work on just the free throw expertise, call me, okay? That's my specialty, okay? <laughs> Underhand, you. blindfolded, anything you want, I'll teach them, okay? You toss it up there, and it's going through the net. It's going through. That's all I'm going to tell you. How, 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 what, what method I use may vary, but it's going through the net. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. As all long right. as it goes through the net, my guy. V-Man, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Vinny Shahid, great player at Hopkins. You can keep the phone calls and the uh, text coming. Uh, who did you think won the debate? And, and is government doing too much or not enough in your life? Six five one four six one nine two two six, and then we also visited a little bit about parking in Minneapolis and why would you extend uh, the hours for what you charge people for the meters, and, and also put them at risk when they go to these stations where they pay, where at night they'd have to pull out their credit card and their wallet uh, and concentrate on that while other people are just watching them. You know what I'm saying? You hearing me on this? Do, do you get it? Do you follow me? How does that build a vibrant down and safe? Downtown, how how, do, how does that work? That that it may, that you're safer to have people walk to because you got to walk to the middle of the block to pay for your meter, and you either have to insert uh, coins or a um, credit card, and uh, and now you have to do that from six to ten at night too until ten o'clock they 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 uh, allow for that, and so you're going to have people. I. I, I <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Twins talk and much more straight ahead as well. Stay with us. All right, we're taking your phone calls on the governor's debate and uh, um, downtown Minneapolis. The, 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 does it make you feel better that they're now charging more money between six and ten at the meters? And they used to just give it free parking. Does that make you want to come down more or less? Uh, because do you think long term? And hey, if I pay money here, eventually we'll get better service in downtown Minneapolis and we'll be able to do some things. So I want to pay to park at the meter between 6 and 10 or do you look at that as another overreach where they go, okay, they, they haven't been able to figure out how to make money so instead of being creative, they're just going to come take it from me. <clears throat> and they really don't want people to come to downtown Minneapolis because if they did, they wouldn't do that. And it's at risk because you got to plug a meter uh, at the state pay station right in the end and you got to do that now at 8 o'clock at night and, and people can be watching you. Maybe that's appealing to some of you. I don't know. Maybe you think it's a great remedy because it will get the economy and it will be a catalyst to the economy in downtown Minneapolis. I don't know. I just know it strikes me as being greedy and arrogant to do that to people. That's the way it strikes me. Maybe most of you are fine with that. I don't know. Six five one four six one nine two two six. See who's got some stones out there. Twins won the day, the series, and were impressive at doing it four to one. Just two hours and forty minutes is all it took. Uh, Jorge Lopez was a part of it, and uh, 
uh, Sandy Leone had a, a big double his first at bat to give him a two nothing lead. Does he look uh, like a journeyman veteran catcher man when you see him? He looks grizzled and you know, give me the gear and let's go play. Met him today. Uh, Jorge Lopez looked good in the ninth inning. They 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 had some things happen that went well for him. Uh, Carlos Correa is a guy that I like to turn to because he's a leader in the clubhouse. He, he's won before. Uh, and he knows, you know, what, what, what the temperament needs to be here in the last couple months of the season. If you're going to survive and win the division, of course, they got a four game series coming up with a pretty good Toronto team that starts tomorrow night right here in WCCO. So after the game in the clubhouse, that's what we call it, not a locker room for, for Major League Baseball. It's called a clubhouse. Uh, I went over to said, Carlos, can, can you give me a minute? And what I meant when I said, can you give me a minute was, can you give me three minutes or so? Because when I say, can you give me a minute, that always means that once, once you allow me into your world, I'm probably going to, to, to go over the limits that, you, that you've offered me. Uh, but I find him to be insightful and interesting to talk to, and I find him to be a, a voice of leadership in the corner of the clubhouse. So after the game today and after the win, I had a chance to visit with Carlos Correa. Carlos, you've been in this league long enough to know new players, new acquisitions for pennant races are exciting. What is it like to see these new bodies, these new faces, some that you're familiar with? It's great. I'm a happy man. Um, the transitions we made were necessary and they were perfect. Um, you know, having Sandy here, a veteran voice, a uh, veteran catch has been around this one before. Uh, and then adding great arms like uh, Lopez, Fulmer, and Mali. Uh, it just gives us a huge boost. And uh, I couldn't be more excited for what's to come um, with, with this new group, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because you know, today, 3-1, to one, then 4-1, to one, and, and you felt good about that lead. You know what I mean? And that's that's always a great feeling. Describe Lopez, the closer, from a hitter's standpoint. What do you see? He's a tough of bat, man. He's, he's got a nasty sinker, um, nasty breaking balls. Um, he knows how to pitch. Um, he hits the spots. And, you know, that's, that's as perfect of a closer as you can get, so... Um, you know, he's an all-star. He's been having a great year. Um, and now he's a Minnesota Twin, man. It's exciting times. You were, you were a newcomer here just a few months ago. What's it like to be a newcomer to a team and, and to this team, knowing what you know? There are teams where it's, it's tough when you come in as a new player, and there are teams that make that transition a lot easier. For me, this, this was such an easy transition. Um, you know, throughout the offseason, I, I worried about going into a clubhouse that, that it was going to be tough to blend in and then be part of the family right away and when I got here I just felt like like I've been part of this team for a long time and I'm sure that's how they feel right now. Um, Lopez looks super loose, Fulmer looks super loose around the clubhouse um, and you know it's uh, it's just a great atmosphere here. It's a family atmosphere and I'm sure they would love it. Here comes Toronto right around the corner, another good baseball team and you're playing significant games but the Blue Jays and the Twins for four just set the stage for that one. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's going to be a great series. Uh, you saw the great series uh, we had against them in Toronto. Now we get four games against them. They've been playing really good baseball lately, and uh, you know we were excited. Uh, we feel like we have a team that can compete against anyone, and that will be a good test uh, starting tomorrow. Last, uh, playing in these games, you've done this a long time. 
every game significant down the stretch. You've been down the stretch before. What is it like as a baseball player? It's fun. It's fun. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to play in August, September baseball and have already uh, your vacation set up. Uh, you, you, you don't. You don't want none of that. You want to. You want to be able to compete every single day to feel like every at bat, every game, every inning is meaningful, and that's how we feel right now. Um, we, we we have a very exciting clubhouse. A lot of young players mixed in with uh, some veterans, and I'm, I'm I'm very positive and confident in the group we have here. That is Carlos Correa. I feel him apropos to speak on behalf of the team because he's been there, done that before, and he's um I don't know, I like interviewing him. I I, I find him to be. Uh, uh, locked in when you interview him, he's, he makes eye contact with you, he listens to the questions, those kinds of things. So I'd never met Jorge Lopez before. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd never met Jorge Lopez in my life until today. And obviously it's easy to get excited uh, for just one inning of work and you got you, you have to temper that some, but it, he, made, he made it look so easy. He, to me it looked like Joe Nathan out there. Uh, the release looked easy, the ball moved, it had tail to it, it had spin, it had velo, it had all those things. Now that's you know, small sample size, right? But he's an all-star this year. And I got to tell you, he was downright giddy to an extent after the game uh, as he put into words what it meant to be a Minnesota twin now and what it meant to be contending uh, for a division title. Here now, uh, probably for most of you, uh, the first interview you've ever heard was the twins' Jorge Lopez. How's it feel to be a Minnesota twin? <laughs> Uh, fun part, man. There's a uh, time where, you know, just even think about it to be here, you know, being the last time, last spot to be first, just fun. It's really fun to watch this guy uh, day, daily, so I love it. What was it like today to go out there and, and have a nice clean inning? <laughs> I love it, man. You know, just something you you work for every day, you know, and you do it with that. Uh, Competing, uh, competing every day, you know, and that's the type I do. I'm so I love to go out there and be quick, you know. Be if it's not, we battle. So uh, we had chance to get our first one. So tomorrow is another one. <laughs> What's the mindset of a closer? What do you got to be to be a great closer in the ninth inning? Uh, man, it, it just been hard work, you know. Uh, his first year uh, to just keep doing it and you know just trust the process and just love to be here man there you go I, I don't know that for sure because I didn't hear the pregame show did you Tubbsy I think it was the first one I want to interview with Jorge Lopez in this market I, I don't know that though do you know if they had him on there in the pregame I, I do not know I, I did not catch the, the pregame today on. I didn't either I caught much of the game on the radio yes um, as did I but um, I didn't catch the pregame uh, part of it, so I, I don't want I don't want to make a false claim, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Okay, if people have heard Jorge Lopez before, and all of a sudden I'm making it look like oh, you've never heard him before, maybe they have. That's like being that's like saying you're first on the message board, and then you look up and somebody beat you by like a second or yeah. So. And if they beat you by a second or they beat you by a day, it doesn't matter, right? No, you, you still got you still got beat. But one guy that didn't get beat was Jorge Lopez. Look good. Fun to watch. Oh man, I, I he talked fun. about being excited about you know a clean it. I, I you was, think you're excited. You think you're excited. <laughs> I mean, Twins fans, what have we been dealing with yeah, all year? It's yeah. like, is this what it's like? A seven pitch clean inning? I, I mean, I didn't know what to do with myself, Maxie. I'm like, what is this weird feeling of joy I have at the end of a game? I'm 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 not used to this, you, but you I like know, it. You know, who's not in joy when that happens. Who's that? 
like today's Jason DeRussia. Ooh. Or me, because you know, you kind of mentally you're thinking, okay, the game's going to go. You then, want extra innings? Yeah, it's going to go. You, by the time yeah. they get done, it could be a four hour game. Goes to four post game four forty. Uh, then I pick it up there. Not today. No, no. About three fifteen, you were answering the bell. You know what I'm saying? I know. And so then, the inside I'm, radio talk, but you do pay attention to that when you're doing the show. It 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 sucks. And the, and the Cookie Monster <laughs> is producing that, and he's going, "Do I book a guest for starting at three thirty or not?" Right? And that's the thing because if you go late, you're like, "Okay, well, you know, you literally have to change things as you go." Like an extra, okay, well, we got to push this person. We yep. got to do this. Okay, can they do this? Can they do this? And then there's like a domino effect, but. You know, they, uh, hosts love, you You get paid for three hours, right? but you do a 15-minute show. Right, and, and it happens to me, I get preempted a lot, and, but, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm negotiated as such, too. It's not, like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like I'm beating the system, you know? What? <laughs> but, uh... Um, I want to get that, uh, I've been trying to cheat the system for years, Maxie, and I'm still trying to figure it out. It, it's oh, like the meters, side. you're never going to beat the <laughs> that's system. That's right. It's like when you go gamble, I say, oh, that's fine, you go gamble, Tubbsy. I'm just telling you right now, you're never, the system well, always wins. Well, I okay. no, no ticket yet? Okay. I'm clear. Yeah. Well, and, now, and then I got to reload the app. Yeah, oh, make sure you reload the app. Oh, man. Yeah, well, the app, well, the app, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters because you're going to pay $12 to park downtown Minneapolis. I, I, you know, I, to park I in still, the suburbs. I still, I still pay on the app. You still paying the yeah, app? It's not free because you use the app. That's what no. I'm saying. <laughs> no, believe me, my my debit, my bank account sees it every it ain't day. It's free. Yeah, let's take a break. Come back. Sports the Max News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Feel the rhythm, the vibe. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for letting me know. The Twins take on Toronto tomorrow night, right here, six o'clock pregame, six forty the first pitch, and they'll do battle with the Blue Jays throughout the weekend as well. Uh, they'll honor Jim Cotton, Tony Oliva as well this weekend. All part of the festivities coming up at Target Field. Joining us now the John Schuster Coldwell Baker Hotline, Tim, Tim Litvin, community um, uh, in, in the heart of the community of Minnetonka. He runs their services and he does a great job and he got him through COVID and everything else. But back because of that is one of the most popular bike races in the state of Minnesota uh, this Saturday, the Tour de Tonka. Uh, and uh, it's it's amazing if you're I don't know I don't know how you even begin to organize this thing. Oh, tell us, Tim. Tim, Tim, how do you organize the tour de Tonka and get permission and 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 get you know you got all these routes going and you you know you're crossing over highways and roads. And I look at this and I say this is a monumental task. Uh, and there's signs and there's people out there and there's police officers that have to know. How on earth do you even begin and end with that, with all, all the different permits? I don't even know what you have to do to get this done. <laughs> hey, Mike, Max, good evening, and thanks for having me on, and congrats on a great show. You only need one permit, and you do it well. So you're permitted to be the best radio guy in America. <laughs> yeah, congrats on that. <laughs> with Tour de Tonka, it started out in 2006, I think we needed two permits. And uh, that was it, and nobody even questioned it. Well, that changed quickly, and so I don't know how many permits we need today. It might be forty, but we're in four counties with parts of Tour de Tonka, and we cover almost three hundred miles worth of roadway and trailway. And it is a monumental lift. You are right, but it is so much worth it. Um, it is, you know, late summer is so fun in Minnesota. Got all this cool stuff going on. I'm a high school football junkie, like you are. Yeah, uh, state fair. And Tour de Tonka lives in that environment. Yeah. And it is so fun when you have riders and volunteers excited about it, coming from all over the country, 
It's just a hoot to be in the middle of it. It's a lot to stir the pot, but we have great staff and community education. We have great volunteers, 600 make it happen. And then that's really it. It's a showcase of this community. And riders love seeing this western suburb area, and they brag about it. And we organize it to the hilt because we don't want people to feel like it's less than it. Uh, They're the heroes. The riders are the heroes, and we want to make them feel that way. And so we roll out the red carpet, or in our case, I'm going to talk about the blue carpet. The blue carpet, yeah, the skipper one. carpet, absolutely. So do you, I'm seeing now, yeah. now, if I was running this event like you do, I would be worried that somebody's going to fall and scrape their elbow or somebody's going to have a heart attack when they're out right. And I know that that's the, if you're going to have a quality of life, you have to have events like this. But I'm just saying, if I was you, those would be the thoughts that would go through my mind. How do you alleviate those and know that the greater good is a great event? Well, partnerships are huge. You mentioned uh, how do you do it. Well, we have partnerships with cities, with counties, with police departments, with sheriff's office, and those things make it happen. And, you know, we got ambulances on call. We've got medics around. And so those things are going to happen. People are going to fall off their bikes. That's inevitable. And we just hope to minimize that damage to themselves and to their bicycle. We've got just a great, you know, uh, workings of what this event is. We know it. This is our 17th year. And so we know what things are going to happen. And when people fall down, I'll tell you, here's a classic example. One gentleman rubbed into another guy's bike about five, six years ago. They both went down. One guy broke his shoulder. Okay, so I got called about it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, where, where is he? He's in Waconia Hospital. So I'm in Mound. I go over there quick, and I walk into the emergency room, and here's this guy in his bed in the emergency room. And I said, oh, I didn't know his name. I didn't know who he was. I said, I am so, so sorry. How are you? And he said, ah, I'll be fine. He says, what a great event you've got there. Two o'clock. <laughs> my God, I said, well, well, how about you? He says, I got a broken arm. I'll be fine. He said, just, we just love this event of yours. That's it. I mean, positivity rings through in our volunteers, in our riders, and it's amazing. They're they're really a pretty fun group. You get to see it firsthand, Mike. Oh, my gosh. And I love it. I love it because you have to do this if you're going to have quality of life. You have to have events. You have to have people get excited. You have to have have places where they can go and and get energized and not just have a drain for them. And Tour de Tonka does that as well as any event that we have in this area. And it's a credit to you and your staff for putting that on. What does it feel like when, when you accomplish that and you get it all done? Uh, you're glad that, that no one got injured. You're <laughs> glad that you made it through without, you know, anything happening. Could be car accidents nearby, too. Anything could go wrong. And so there's going to be skin knees. There's going to be flat tires galore. Um, and we accept that. We deal with it. But how it feels? It feels great. Because Sunday morning when I wake up, it's like, let's do it again. Yeah. Even though I'll go it to was all worth it at the end of the day, huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, this July and... June and July are grinds. We've got tons of great Minnetonka community education programming. And then we do these big events. Like we have a youth triathlon. We have a big run on the 4th of July in Excelsior. And then we got this. we got a mud run. These are big things that most community ed programs don't have. And we've got all the other good stuff as well that other community ed programs thankfully have. But we work hard and we get it done. And we're quite pleased with what we do for our communities. And that's a community. I mean, that's expanded. 
for sure. Now, what would you tell community ed directors if they said, you know, obviously you've done it at a level that most will never do it at, but everybody has these opportunities. And I understand different communities have different resources and all those things. But but if you were to say to somebody that's going to become a community education director, your goal should be fill in the blank. What should it be when when you leave here? What should you have accomplished? Exceed community expectations. Mm. Uh, that's what you want to do. You don't want to just meet the need or think that you know the need. You have your ear to the ground and listen, but then you also have to be proactive with what if. You've got to keep asking what if. And it might mean, yeah, it's going to be three nights this week and four Saturdays in a row and then two Sundays after that. It doesn't matter as long as you're exceeding that community need. And if they respond, and sort of talk is something that, thankfully, people respond to. And I got to tell you, coming with COVID and everything else we've gone through, what does it mean? You know, you, you, you had to program through that in different ways. What does it mean to be able to, to, to lift that lid again and, and have, you know, consistent programming the way you'd like to have it? Well, in this past year, that the books just closed on June 30th for 2021-22. And we had the biggest participation year ever. Really? In the community education. That tells you something. So, Tells you something, they're ready to roll, man. And uh, if you're not there for them, that's not good. And the other thing is marketing. We've got a great marketing machine. And a lot of, that's a, that's a good thing for people to say, yeah, we'll save money. We're not going to do that this year. Well, that's a mistake. you got to keep pushing the wheels and market, market, market. And uh, tell, tell the good story. we got so many good stories and so many good people participating. Uh, that's the fun of it. I, a, a guy from Arizona, every year he comes in. And he tells me when he comes, he says, I'm here. This is my family reunion with my daughter. We both come here and ride. She lives in New York. Well, how cool is that? Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't do that because you got a garage sale down your street. No. You know, this, you got to bring, this got to be fun for people. And that's it. Keep it fun. Um, keep it happy. And, uh, and it's got to be an achievement. You know, these are achievements too. Riding 100 miles, riding 16 miles if you've never ridden a bike. Good for you, ninety-one-year-old yeah, man. Feel good. Yep. Goes sixteen miles. Yep, pretty cool. You know, four-year-old kid goes sixteen miles last year. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, you know, celebrate the good things in life. All right, bud. I will see I you like there you. on Saturday morning. I, I get to kick it off and say, "Time now to tour to talk or something like that." You've got the script for me, but I will see you there Saturday morning, and I look forward to it. Uh, just make sure you get a jumbo cup of coffee for me, okay? We'll do it, Mike. Thank you. You're the best. I appreciate it. Tim Litvin, one of the outstanding community head directors ever in the state of Minnesota with what he's done in Minnetonka. The Tour de Tonka is an extension of that. And here's why he's really good. Here's why he's really good. Because he doesn't look at the calendar and say, well, I want to be off on this Saturday, even though that's the perfect Saturday to have an event. We're not going to do it because I want to take that day off. He says, what is it I need to do to meet the needs of the community? And I don't care when it is that I have to do it. I'm showing up for it because it's more important than me and my schedule that I serve the community that I live in. In other words, he ain't lazy. He's working his ass off to get it done. And uh, let me tell you, this country could use a dose of Tim Litvins right now. Take a break. Come back. Welcome back. Sports to the max. Taking you up to Henry Lake. Lake at night here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Oh, boy. Good content tonight again, Tubbsy. Um, That's what happens when you do one show a week. Damn right. Yeah. Well, I do two because I do Sunday morning too. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess it counts. Well, why wouldn't it? 
Well, I mean, I'm talking about like this time slot. Yeah, but I mean, I had to prepare the same way, get gas, you know, all that. Well, I, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about the work that you and I do together. Yeah, yes, yeah, so one time. I don't like it. I don't like to think about you being with other people. Yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. You know what I'm saying? But I do that one from home usually, so it's not you know. That doesn't make me feel any better, Charlie. You know, Charlie, I text. I say, Charlie, here's who, here's. I text him the phone number. You know, I got to tell you, Dubsy. Yeah. And this this is room for pause for all of us. Think of how much easier though our lives have become. I mean, I mean, compared to when, like, like for example, when I started doing this show in 1998, mm-hmm. right? I had to sit and call people from an office and hope they were there, or leave them a message on their voicemail and mm-hmm. hope like, they'd come get back to me to get a guest. Now I can text them, I can call them, I can do whatever I want. Then if they commit to it, I can write it into an email, send it over to you. I don't have to call you and say, here's the people, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And, and I can do that in about you know an hour if it's a good day. You know, I mean, think about it. Sometimes we think about what we don't have, but my gosh, we've got some things that have changed for the better in this game, don't we? Yeah. And, and, and the fact, I mean, through COVID, we all got these home studios, you know, so we're, we're not – and I can take that home studio on the road with me if I want. If I'm on vacation, you'll never know because I can just plug in, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's the amazing thing of it. I, and – you know, you're talking about the ease in which you can, you know, communicate with guests and, you know, get that over to me or to Charlie yeah. or whoever. But, yeah, the, the fact that people have Comrexes, access, you know, it's a little bit inside baseball. It's yeah. basically the unit that you have that you take from home. You know, uh, Chad was doing it. Lake is doing it. You were, you know, you were doing it. Um, Paul Hepler, and Jordan. They, I don't know if Heppler did He did a lot. Yeah, Heppler, yeah, Hep, yeah Heppler did it a lot. Uh, but I guess at, at the end of the day, we've got that, but then Steve Thompson also uses something different, you know, a, a different software and Shaletti uses it. And when I've, you know, filled in periodically, um, you know, I've done it as well, but it, but the point it, being, it, life it has just, gotten easier. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. We don't appreciate yeah. that because we think about what we don't have yeah. instead of boy, you know, if somebody would have told me that I would have this, you know, at my fingertips, you know, mm-hmm. years ago, I'd have said, huh. Sign me up. Life well, we, couldn't we, be any we, better. We had to adapt, though. It's like if, if we didn't adapt, we didn't figure it out. There, there used to be a picture. Wasn't going to get on, done. On Flip Saunders' wall, I swear it as I speak, in his coaching office over at the at the Target Center. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it, was, it was a picture of a dinosaur. And underneath it, it said, adapt or die. And, and, that, right? and, and, that's, and that's just it. And I, I guess I will say that in that respect, the pandemic, just over the Helped last couple of years. I mean, that's an area that helped us. Yeah, I don't I, mean it helped us. I mean, there were positives that came out of it that we benefited but from. But it, it forced you to get out of your comfort what, zone what in order to do your job. Crisis is the greatest catalyst of creativity. Mm-hmm. I just made that up, but I might have heard it somewhere. You might have heard it. So you're plagiarizing, but you don't know who. But if you say so you it's did not it. a true plagiarism, if you, if you think it was your own thought, right? You don't recall where you found it. You don't recall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, what did I say again? Crisis is what? Mm-hmm. Crisis is the catalyst catalyst for creativity. Creativity. Yep, it's the three C's. Yeah, C. So I can remember that. Crisis, so crisis. Like, let's work that into the opener, some of the teases, okay? I can't even remember what you said. What did you say? Crisis, crisis creates No, no. Crisis is the catalyst crisis. for creativity. You realize okay. I'm not going to remember that in. No, write it down. You got it. Okay, what is it? Crisis. I see. I already is the catalyst. It's catalyst for creativity. For creativity. Okay. 
I can't even read what I wrote. I, but I, I wrote, want you to, to send that to whoever our management is and see if we can use it somewhere as a slogan on our line. You mm-hmm. know, like we go to our webpage and stuff, whatever it is. But put a trademark do. on that, though. Yeah, tell them I thought of it, but just say they can use it. There you go. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 